my name is Books. I'm a singer-songwriter here. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, so one person knows me. Yay. And um, I am. This is the girl. I'm moderating the uh, girls' rock panel. So we are going to go ahead and get started. And if each of you ladies could introduce yourself and give us a little bit info, and also let us know what is currently on your playlist. Hi, I'm Marcy Hook Muller. Uh, I've been a volunteer for Girls Rock now for I don't know, a really long time. And past president. Oh yeah, former ex past. We're coming up with the words all the time to describe my old position. My playlist. Oh God, there's probably some weird stuff on there. Anything from. Are you mean like what I want to listen to all the time, or what I have to? I have two girls I list. I have to mother, so I'm listening to a lot of um, Frozen and um, Coco and <laughs> Judy Garland. But me personally, I try to like get some Patty Griffin in there, and they can handle that. And then all of a sudden, I'll try to do something else, and they're like, "All done," because they're two and one. So they're just giving me signs like, "No, that's all done." So. I don't get to listen to anything. You might want to ask someone else. <laughs> pretty much on my I'm own. I'm asking everyone, okay. so I want to know Move what's on, in Kathy. everybody. Move on, Kathy. Nothing for you. Okay. All right. I'm Kathy Hurt, and I am treasurer and co-camp director for Girls Rock Camp. I um, let's see. On my playlist, I tend to go like I love like the British Invasion, like the Stones, and okay, I'm old, but then. <laughs> I also love a lot of local music. When I go see a show, if they're selling discs, I always get one. Like the Orchard Keepers are just amazing, especially if you see them live. They're just amazing. Um, Robots and Magic Powers are really, really cool. So I, I love like local music coming up on my playlist. Always makes me happy. So. My name is Emily Myron. I'm the vice president on the board of directors currently. And I think... So right now I've been listening to on repeat the Better Oblivion Community Center. Yeah, it's like it's got like seven songs on it, but I still have been like repeating it. So it's starting to get old. But yeah, anything Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker. I like the sad girl music. My name is Michelle Marty and I am the current board president for Girls Rock. I've been with Girls Rock for five or six years now. Started as a bass instructor and moved on to one of the camp directors, and now I do a whole lot of whole lot of things. On my playlist currently, I, I do like to listen to lots of female bands, and a lot of them are all female instrumentalists as well as female singers. I think my favorite band right now is a band called Goat Girl out of, I believe they're from Brighton, UK, and they've just got a really cool kind of um, almost bluesy punk sound. <laughs> I also like the Courtney's and oh, uh, Chastity Belt, a uh, whole bunch of kind of grungy girl bands. Nice. Well, Michelle, will you give us some more information on Girls Rock um, in general? Yeah, Girls Rock is a um, part of a broader community of Girls Rock camp organizations, uh, camp alliances, which are all over the all over the world right now. There's over 90 of us, and so Girls Rock Indianapolis sprouted out of that movement. We are a women's empowerment movement, a girls' empowerment movement 
and uh, we're very politically motivated, but also we, we use music as a tool to give girls a voice to express themselves. And uh, we do that through, largely through more rock music, although we're bringing some more electronic music into the organization now. Oh, nice. So another kind of intro question before we get into the hard-hitting things. <laughs> um, can everybody talk about, speak about why they wanted to be involved with Girls Rock? I mean, it's a great organization, but I'd love to hear about why each of you, how you, you know, your path there. Start with Marcy. She was here first. <laughs> Actually, Kathy and I started volunteering on the same year. Here, okay. It must have been a good year. I don't know. So I got involved through Girls Rock, uh, well, with Girls Rock through a friend, and she knew I was a musician, and she was like, what in the world? Like, why aren't you? She actually had some cuss words in there, and she said, why aren't you doing this? And I was like, I really don't even have an excuse. I don't know why. And, um, and I got involved, and I was a good guitar instructor and a band coach at that time, and it changed my life, completely changed my life. And I always share with people that it was so amazing to meet these kids and they're like little mini adults and the things they say it's just like it's constantly every day just chipping away at your heart and it's something that completely transforms you when you're with girls rock and then to have a week or two where at that time i didn't have the group that i have now that i get to hang out with and call my friends and family and so i came it was pretty much like coming home and I got to spend this week with these like-minded people who wanted to make a difference, who wanted to just do something that mattered. And so it's like you show up and you hope that you don't fall asleep in the middle of like your volunteer shift because kids are so exhausting. And <laughs> instead you like meet these really cool people and the kid, it's like you're just so jacked on the energy and the love and you're just like, yes, everything's high fives and I mean, it's like that's how I want every day to be, is a big high five. And so it is literally something that I'll never give up. And I, I mean, even if I stop volunteering because at some point I'm going to be too old, they're probably going to say stop. But the truth is it's not, it'll never stop being in my heart because now I just feel like I'm forever Girls Rock. Does that answer your question? I'm going to start crying any moment <laughs> now. Just stop. Don't laugh at me when I cry. It's not well, the first time. I also, as Marcy said, started in 2013, so it's been a little while, I think. I didn't have as much gray <laughs> hair then. <laughs> and um, I had just gotten done with school and had was facing no employment, no school, and thought, oh, I'll volunteer for this, you know, it'd be get me out of the house. And I don't work with kids, I don't have kids, so I thought I'll, like, work at the registration table or, you know, do something like that. And this little band comes up to me and says, will you be our band leader, our band manager? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but there wasn't anyone else. So I became a band coach and it was hard. And by Wednesday, I would have said, you know, Wednesday's traditionally the hard day at camp for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> but by Wednesday, I was like, boy, I don't know about this. And, and then my band pulled it together and performed on stage and just nailed it and it was just like oh I mean just amazing and I was hooked for life um. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know we put the campers in a group together 
we have, you know, every member of a band. Um, they don't get to pick their own band. We form them together. And then they, uh, we kind of, like, guide them through the process of songwriting, kind of teach them how to do things and how to work with each other. It's really challenging for young people who have never you know, picked up an instrument before it's to also collaborate. For old people to yeah. collaborate. And they're writing yeah. an original song. So we get five kids together that maybe have been playing for five days, two days. So at the end of the week, they get to reform their original music f- for their family and friends. So when Kathy was talking about her band at the end of the week, it's always a struggle right at the beginning. And then the end of the week, you're like, I, you write better than I do. <laughs> I got into girls rock in a, in 2015 and I had a really hard time growing up. I started playing music when I was like 13 and I would play all of the coffee shops and you know bookstores or really whoever would let me play in their establishment. And a it was hard for a lot of reasons, one being that um, I struggle with some mental health issues and you know that's something that not a lot of people talk about, but, and I didn't have great self-esteem, and I was young, I was 13, 14, and so people just overlooked me, and I was not really comfortable in my body, and just, you know, had faced a lot of adversity being a woman, and, you know, I still do, it's not always the easiest path, as, you know, we can all pretty much say. I've had venue owners put the money for playing the show, like, down my shirt, and, you know, it's just things that shouldn't happen um, as a musician, but they do, and you see it all the time, and unfortunately, I think in every music scene, it, there's a platform for people to prey on young people, musicians that have some stature or power or standing, and I really feel strongly that we need to protect our young people and show them that they can do this and they who like whatever they look like whatever they feel like is a musician and you don't have to be any one specific kind of body or kind of voice or you know style of playing you can do it now and you know be as loud as you want and take up space and hold the room and make people listen to you and tell that venue owner not to put money down your shirt. So that's why I got into Girls Rock is to kind of, you know, show these young people that this can be a great outlet for you and to kind of show you that you don't have to be one specific thing. You can be who you are. Thanks. I initially got into Girls Rock because I thought it would be a great outlet for my daughter who's very musically minded who is now uh, one of our amplifiers at camp. Uh, That's the counselor in training program that we have. And uh, she loved it. And I met some of the volunteers that first year that she did camp. And they said, why don't you volunteer? And I thought, huh, they actually want me to volunteer. as, As women, we're taught to not put a lot of faith in ourselves, I think. And I have grown up playing guitar, I sing, I play bass. I've been in bands for years, I've been signed to a a recording label, and still I was thinking, they wouldn't want me to volunteer, really, really, they do. So I was really happy to be invited into this gang, (laughs) and (laughs) and just kind of flew on from there, and um, it's a very empowering organization to be a part of as a volunteer, as well as, as a camper, I think. 
I'm an educator as well, and I think it's really important to show girls from as early an age as possible that they can do everything that the boys can do, and they need to champion themselves in order to to get where they want to be and to to explore the avenues of creativity that are open to them. And that's why I still do it. Awesome. Um, well. You kind of, we kind of, I guess it's kind of led there. Um, we, both of um, Michelle and Emily, you talked about like sort of the challenge and challenges that you've had to face a little bit. Can we all speak to um, more about like the challenges as a woman in this industry is pursuing a career? Because it's it's difficult. So can we talk? Um, I guess locally, especially because that's where we are. We're here in Indy. But then, if you want, if you want to talk about some of the large, the challenges in the industry at large, because I feel like they are a little different sometimes. Just you know, the scenes and then the big industry. I'm gonna hit locally just for a minute, and then I have some statistics for uh, international information. Locally, there is an amazing culture of music and art in Indianapolis, and. There's just so much going on all the time, and I feel like the challenge is always getting people out to see it, getting people involved in in the environment that the bars and you know unfortunately, a lot of the places that play music where live music is is bars, so young people can't come in, but getting people to recognize our you know, the assets we have in this city culturally is, is really hard, I think. We're very focused on sport <laughs> here, <laughs> for starters. Uh, and then that's amplified for women and people of color because we have that extra barrier and extra hoops to jump through to get noticed. And a lot of it is just who you know, especially in music. And if you're not hanging out with the guys that run the venues or the people that book the shows, then you kind of get overlooked. So I think that's part of our local challenge. Yeah, I personally, when I moved to Indy, I kind of got lucky. I just ended, I was doing open mics like every night and somebody saw me play an open mic and offered to let me record for free. And so I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I've had. I will say though, it can be really frustrating when you, you see people getting booked like the same people over and over and over and you're like, wow, man, I, I haven't played there in forever and I've been sending booking requests and following up and, you know, w what's going on? And I think that sometimes it's, it's really easy for people to overlook a challenge if, it, if it's not their problem, right? So personally, it, it kind of bothers me when I see, you know, a traveling band like a female identifying traveling band come in and then it's all males opening for her you know it just feels like that could have been a great place to showcase some of your local female talent obviously the need is there we had woo girl just not too long ago and then we have that's what she said fest coming up which i think is a great opportunity to highlight some of our female identifying musicians because we the talent is here it's not it's not that we don't have it. And if you, you know, we, we've been working on this registry um, of any female identifying gender expansive musicians in indie and trying to put together like a collective database for venues to go to. So when they're like, hey, we've got somebody like 
Julian Baker coming into town. I wonder who would be a good opener for her. You know, like, let's check out this registry. It, it'll be, it's all organized by, like, category, and, you know, it, it should be easy to navigate. But that's some, a challenge that I feel like we face as women. And I will say that that registry came out of a someone contacted Girls Rock and said, hey, we want to have a music thing and donate proceeds to Girls Rock and we're like great that's you know are there any women performing and they were like um no and they're like well we don't know any can you give us names and we were like well okay but you know I mean but that's just you know the way things are and like they were saying it's it's who you know and so you get a a person that books shows and he books all his friends that happen to be guys and it maybe even is not malicious or intentional but that it's easy right just just call out my friends and and you know they're all dudes too um because and that is just something it's a something to overcome that it's not even you know it's just it's easy like you said and you know, we, we're not trying to fault these people that are getting shows. Just so, just to put that out there, it's right. not like we're like yeah. angry at these no, people for continuing to book. It's like, but we're great, angry good at for you. the like, ease of you know, hey, right. you know, we're here, yo. <laughs> we want everyone to come up together. We can all make it to the top. We just gotta help our sisters, you know. I would also come back to what Michelle had talked about: is culturally like finding our worth. And the panel before had talked about it. It's like sometimes if you make money off of your art, all of a sudden it's just not that great anymore. And it kind of comes back to that. When I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, people were getting paid to play. And here it's oversaturated with musicians and singers and all these people. And it's like, but then you come to Indianapolis and nobody wants to pay a cover charge. And nobody wants to pay their artists. And it's like wait a minute because I've been saying this since I was young and I'm not that young anymore but the thing is is what musicians do what artists do is they create an atmosphere and so even people who just want people to like be the background music at your bar you want those people to spend money okay so therefore you invest money in those creating the atmosphere so even if it just comes down to you want to make money find worth in the human jukebox you have and then next step is don't treat them like a jukebox <laughs> because, I mean, it's not like, like when I was singing in Nashville and I was like, oh, do you know Jesus take the wheel? Like, no, I know Jesus and literally take my wheel because I'm not Carrie Underwood. Okay. So it was just like constant with like, I would sing an original song and they were like, oh, that was really cool. I need you to sing. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you don't. And I'm sure DJs put up with that all of the time. Like, we are not at your wedding, okay? Thank you, YMCA. So, <laughs> hokey pokey. But what I'm getting at is that I think even it comes back to making sure that those who are not musicians and not artists to find that worth again and to say, you know what, man, listen, you won't find it a deal to spend $7 on a, a shot or to go and spend $57 on a dinner, but you're going to complain about a $5 cover charge. We're going to be hanging out all night and list some jams, some real jams, by the way. No. So we need to find our worth again. And like you were saying earlier about like people, you know, women, people of color, all this, the underrepresented, it's like, what in the world? Like, what are we saying to each other that I won't drop $5 out of the door? to hang out with you all night. 
You know what I'm saying? I think quickly to piggyback off of that, getting paid is another oh, struggle too. Um, okay. There's a lot of, yeah. And it's, so, you know, there's, I've been, I'm 26. I've been playing shows in indie for 11 years, 12 years. And people still ask t- for me to play shows for exposure. Yeah. And everybody's going to love you forever. Thanks. I don't need any more love. I need to pay my bills. Yeah. It just, it Put feels disrespectful. It feels disrespectful because the bills, you'd, we'd all be millionaires. Right. Absolutely. Girl, our exposure is pain. And we work hard to, I mean, everybody, all musicians work hard to hone their craft and, you know, all of the time and all of the money that goes into all of that equipment. I mean, you know, it adds up. And then when you, you know, there's been a time where I played a, like an all day show. It was a festival like event and I didn't, I wasn't getting paid, but I found out many, many other people were getting paid. And so I was like, why, why am I like, why are we not paying these people? And you know, it, it starts a whole conversation about your value and what we value these days. And it, it, uh, women need to be paid just as much as the men do. So, you know, it's, it's a little frustrating. Let me just real quick. So something that we don't usually think of as like, I I did mention like a wedding because I'm looking at, you know, it's a really awesome DJ over here. But so I am like Adam Sandler. I have done a couple weddings and, um, but usually I'm singing live, like while the bride walks down. Okay. Like an original me, my acoustic guitar, like how many people have that moment. Right. And people will be like, thank you so much for that. That was just the best gift and don't want to pay anything. They'll spend $15,000 on the dress that she walked down. Okay. The venues are outrageous. Things like that. They never want to pay the officiant. Like they never want to pay the person that's making it legal and they never want to pay the music. So anyone out there start asking for money because you're not giving a wedding gift. And I thought that for many, many years, I was creating a very special moment. I wanted them to have that moment forever. And then I couldn't even pay my bills. <laughs> okay. So they're even little things like not just out on this huge stage, you are worth something. And when you realize how much money people spend other places and how special it is for someone to be singing when you get married, that's pretty special. Okay. Uh, and I just have to say right here, Marcy, thanks for playing at my wedding and sorry, <laughs> I didn't pay you. <laughs> She Again, that's different. <laughs> we had a couple of people play a couple of songs, Aww. and Marcy was one of them. <laughs> I'm just going to stick this down my shirt like that. Um, and so I just wanted to touch on some statistics because, you know, the, we there is challenge. There is a challenge for musicians of every gender and race and everything in this country and in the city especially but the I'm looking at some statistics from a new organization called women in music based in New York the gender divide across all regions in music is roughly 70% male and 30% female so there's still a big divide there are six per six percent of recognized producers in the US and Canada are women only six percent of producers are women and Let's see, where's another good one? In, in the UK, PRS, the Performing Rights Society, states that 16% of their members are women. 12% of songwriters of the 600 most popular songs from 2012 to 2017 were women. 
Let me chime in real quick then, because then you look on the flip side and markets to sell. When you're selling music, you pinpoint women, women who are usually moms who are driving their van from place to place. I learned this living in Nashville also. So they're pinpointing women <laughs> with songs written by men. An interesting thought. You get what I'm saying? It's like I kind of want to hear what a woman says about it, but whatever. Well, speaking, we were talking about some performance things, um, just like with worth and things like that. But I think, because I'm also a transplant to Indianapolis, so um, I think I have a, a different, you know, another layer of perspective. And what I notice often, which someone, um, which actually Jeff mentioned when I was like, "What are we going to talk about?" Um, like. Even like speaking to Emily's experience, like when she said she got here and she, it was, it seemed to be a little easier because you, you instantly came in, you were like doing open mics and things like that. Um, what I find is that a lot of, we have fantastic open mics here. They're everywhere, every night of the week. But when you do go, you don't see a lot of women. I'm often the only woman of color there. But then just women in general, you might see like two like, you know, and then they're like a 30-person open mic. So this is why we're trying to start them young. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I think that's kind of key. Um, you know, I asked my daughter, why don't girls in high school play in bands? And she said, oh, I said, why do more boys in, in high school join bands than girls? And she said, well, it's obvious because they're trying to get girls. <laughs> and I don't think girls necessarily have the same motivation. So... We need to find other ways to motivate girls to get involved in music. Because in back home in Nashville, but I also know, I mean, because I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, but back home, it is, I mean, it's a music city, so maybe the perspective, again, is a little different. There are a lot of us in band and orchestra and choir and all of those things, but, but beyond that, so once you graduate, it, you know, it did, it drop. It's just interesting, and I, don't, and I think part of that are those spaces for us you know, like those, those, these places don't feel very welcoming. You know, you just, you go there and it's just, hell, when you go to Guitar Center, it's a very bros, bro-centric environment. And it's like. It's extremely you know, intimidating I, to go I, to those places as a woman. And I, and I love Sam Ash if I have to go to get something here. But Sam Ash will be my place. I try to go to some of the local, the local places, but I'm on a budget. So I can't always spend the the extra, but but the, the, everybody at Sam Ash knows me now, but I remember walking into Sam Ash and in Guitar Center, I walked the whole entire place twice before someone was like, can I help you? Or just like, hey, what's up? I was asked what, um, when I was asking about guitar strings and this guy looked at me and he was like, oh, um, so does your boyfriend, does he usually play like hard or like what? And I was like, every yeah, time, my boyfriend. every time. Yeah, I was like, my boyfriend is me. So I was like, I'm more a percussive player. And he was like, uh, what? I was like, no, never mind. But um, so, I mean, it happens all the time. And it's like, it's just too sad that you have to, and this, you have to establish relationship to be respected for buying merchandise. But Try walking into Guitar Center and asking for a vibro slap. I don't even, don't even ask me for that, Okay. I think also Kathy, a, come a on part of what just happened. I don't even. <laughs> a part of that is you know, while Brandy was sit, talking about, you know, playing open mics. 
it is exhausting sometimes because you get there and the first person you see is like, oh, is that a prop? Or can I carry that for you? Or, oh, you actually play guitar? Or, you know, and it sometimes is just exhausting. And you're like, I don't want right. to have to defend myself to all of these men that I play music. Or like, how many times <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you play guitar like a guy. Like, oh, are you really that? good? You good, play like you know a man. And I don't know. I don't know how to pick. I'm a <laughs> terrible picker. Like, it'd be like, oh, this is this white chick and her guitar, like she's going to give us some, like, I don't even know how to play like that. Like my fingers so, don't work like that. So these, these things just weigh on us sometimes, you know, and if you're experiencing it every time you're out and trying to, you know, push your music and push your brand and push yourself, it, it gets exhausting and it, it gets discouraging. It's, it's hard to keep going when you don't feel like people hear you or, or even know that you're, alive and trying and, to and, and <laughs> honestly often it's hard to you know toot our own horn so to speak because we're not brought up to do that um the first band i joined in london i was 22 the rest of the band were a little younger than me and we'd all been following the same band going to the same gigs and these three guys were like yeah we're gonna start a band but we can't find a bass player and they'd been looking for weeks for a bass player and i was like uh i play bass um, kind of, you know, I was really shy about it. And they're like, if they hadn't been so um, supportive and said, hey, yeah, come and try out with us, um, I probably wouldn't have done it. I was very nervous. I was also the last person they came to. But um, so it was just kind of by luck that I ended up in that situation. And that took me step to step into, you know, learning more, performing more. Absolutely. So given the challenges, obviously, that we face and the, the added layer of challenges that we face, what, how, how, what are some ways that you think that we can help combat that? You know, because we can talk about being upset or just what's going on, but how can we maybe try to shift the meter? So we are launching our first Ladies Rock program this year. Yeah. What? So... As we, all, yeah, as we all shared, we all understand the plight, you know, we get it. And it's hard to meet other people that might be interested in forming a band with you when you don't see many females or female identifying gender expansive people in shows. So we're super excited to kind of gather our community and unite women with each other to kind of you know, for us to grow more female bands and to kind of have a more coercive scene, if we're all about it and we're all loud and we all won't take no for an answer and we're at the venues every day, it's going to be really hard to ignore us. So we, we're just trying to build that community more and Ladies Rock is going to be a great program. So it'll be a weekend in September what we'll do is, you know, if you don't have to know an instrument, you can uh, learn a new instrument if you'd like. It'll be a crash course in whatever instrument you pick, like vocals included as well. And we'll pair you with a band just like we do our girls rock camp. And, you know, you'll go through the process of writing music with your band and we'll have workshops, um, self-expression workshops, body positivity workshops, things like that to really bring us all together, and then at the end of the weekend, you'll perform the songs for your families and friends, and we'll have it at a venue, and so we're really excited to launch that program this year. I think that'll be a great thing for the community. 
Nice, nice. And, okay. and education as well. I, I think, you know, what we're doing with Girls Rock, it's happening all over the world, and there's a, there's a need for it. So we're starting to get to girls in their formative years and let them know that it doesn't matter if, you can't, if you're not proficient on an instrument, just go out there and, and make some noise. Nobody cares if you mess up, and nobody cares what you look like, and just enjoy yourself. So that's, that's our message to girls, and we want to make it our message to women as well. I think that's a big part of how we change the, the landscape. I think also speak up. Um, my brother is a drummer down in Austin, Texas, and he's always talking about how the community is so embraceive, and he loves it down there. And so I went to visit, and there were like nine people on stage, and, and he is very into women's empowerment, but didn't take the time to look from side to side. And I was like, Phil, I mean, are, do you ever play with women? I mean, literally nine musicians on this huge stage just collaborating, getting all God knows what. And I was like, there's no women. Oh, sometimes so-and-so's wife will sing with us. Cool. Um, so, and then I looked at him and I was like, and how many people of color are up there? Yeah, no one's wife or husband again. So it's kind of like asking the question. It's just kind of keeping each other in check. And it's like, like we were talking about people of color. Like, I can't speak from there. Just because I'm raising daughters of color, that doesn't, that's not their voice. This is my voice. And we have to keep a conversation going. And we have to speak up and say, hold up. Like some, we were talking about like our panel. Like here we are. We're white women talking about this. And even that has a lack of voice. It's just like asking the questions, wait, who, who's here and why aren't we giving just, I don't know, I guess just more assertiveness just in it and being intentional in it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, being intentional and then asking the questions. So when I was younger, I always felt like I got, you know, when the venue owner put money down my shirt, I was like, okay, that's what's going to happen. That's how I'm supposed to be treated. This is just gonna happen it's just We're something like, oh, I have so-and-so. to go with <laughs> right but being like hey that was inappropriate that's not something that can ever happen again you should treat women the same way you treat men you know really standing charges. up yeah press charges that's yeah <laughs> yeah really standing up for yourself and standing up for other women you know and if and asking the questions like hey I've seen that you are in seven different bands with all men I was wondering if you've ever considered adding a female or gender expansive person to that lineup next time you go poop think about it yeah. and it doesn't have I mean, to be in a harsh way you could just be like i was just curious if you ever thought about diversifying your your band and every time that girls rock as an organization has brought this up with promoters or other organizations who want to raise money for us there has been a really good response to it we've had a couple of times where we've encountered a what do you mean women on the bill and people of color on the bill? Uh, you know, we hadn't thought about that. And then people, promoters will come back to me a week later and go, look at all these people I found to play. And, and it kind of matches the demographic we're trying to, you know, help to, to bring up. And I think once, I, and I've heard from a couple of people that once they think about it and they realize how they can diversify their lineup, they're really happy to be part of the solution. It goes back to it's easy. 
you know all your friends, your dude, you know dudes. Um, but it, I, you know, once you think about things just a little bit and, and are intentional about, hey, maybe we need to diversify. So, uh, you know, again, I, I think it's not maybe malicious, mm-hmm. but it happens, and um, people just need to look Feel real. And you yeah. can ask. You know, d- I am. I feel so honored when people are like, hey, do you know any lead guitarists that? you know, are gender expansive or female identifying? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm so happy that you thought to ask me. I think that, you know, being a community that can help each other is a big part of that. So, you know, being willing to share the information that you have, like, you know, the, um, what do we call that thing that we're working on? The <laughs> <laughs> that big list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already, yeah, the directory. There we go. Uh, we already have, you know, I think like 180 female identifying gender expansive people. I mean, it's in our bands. It's insane. There's so many of us out there. It's and you're definitely not going to nest. You know, I you're not going to take a hit on your talent level if you seek out. Right underrepresented people. I mean, there's some amazing musicians in town that are not white dudes, you know, um, so you're not going to be compromising by looking further. Well, thank you. Um, we're about to open it up for questions. Um, <laughs> before we do... Where's Francis? She <laughs> <laughs> went off to the bathroom. Okay. Um, we have one camper in the audience. Guy. I'm hoping she'll ask us something really hard. <gasps> well, while she's in the bathroom, before we open it up, um, final thoughts or final opinions from any ladies? So I don't, for those of you who haven't heard of Girls Rock, we run a summer camp for two weeks out of the summer, we tried to make it, you know, as diverse and open as possible. We have 98. With the exception of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have 98 campers coming this year. 100. 100. 100. 100 campers over the two weeks. And all the volunteers are women or gender nonconforming persons. So we really try to create this safe space for these young people to open up and to be themselves and to make new friends and to try something different and hear things that they might not have ever heard before. So, you know, for example, I, I get to travel with Girls Rock. So I, I go out to California in the summers as well. And I work for Girls Rock Santa Barbara and, you know, some of the workshops we do there are radical, you know, radical self-love or, you know, things that some people have never been told before. So some young people have never been told that it's okay to be who you are and who you are is great. It's, and that's a, that's a hard thing for young people to get their minds around. And if you're spending an entire week talking up these young people and being like, Hey, that was amazing. Like I, I, you're incredible, you know, everywhere they go, everywhere they turn, somebody else is like, wow, that was, you blew me away, or I just noticed that you opened the door for this person, that was really cool of you, it's hard to leave there feeling bad about yourself, you know, so that's one thing we try to concentrate on through Girls Rock, you know, and this self-expression, so we put them with a band, we guide them through that process. There are a lot of workshops, and then at the end of the week, they play for their families and friends. And we're always looking for volunteers. (laughs) Um, Our showcases this year are July 
15th, the Saturday is the 15th and the 13th, 20th, I think, something like that, at 416 Wabash. 13th and the 20th of yeah, July. And it's amazing. I mean, it's open to the public. You should come out and see these kids perform their original songs. It's amazing. It's really cool to see the transformation from the first day of camp to the last day because they're totally different kids. You know, it it's incredible. And their songs are amazing. Oh, it's yeah. And for somebody who has just picked up a guitar, to watch them, like, transition between chords like that, I'm like, I, Impressive. I did not do that There's when I was There's a lot ready. of talent in this town. Yeah. Should we take some questions? Does anyone have a question? Do you ever play together or how much, like, support, you know, We give a lot of hugs. Yeah, we go to a lot. Of, well, I know. Yeah. I mean, we all go to each other's shows. I've seen all these people play. Yeah. But we don't play together very much. I we know. We keep talking yeah. about how like you can challenge. have like the best jam session ever. And we dabble. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, no. but we've I never. Mean, does anybody have a guitar or a saxophone? Yeah, I could be convinced. We need to. We really do. Yeah, I think one, my favorite thing, well, it's hard to say favorite, but one of my favorite things about Girls Rock is the community that we have, and you ever heard somebody say the phrase, like, you got to find your tribe, you know? This has kind of been my tribe, because really everybody kind of understands, you know? They might not understand specifically what the situation, you know, but everyone kind of gets it, and we're a great support system and it's really like looking out for everyone. So if you know that, you know, someone's not a safe person to play in a band with, you're going to give your sister a heads up or it, it's just trying to keep our community safe and productive and trying to be the best that we can together and help each other. Just a little plug for volunteers. It really is truly, like I said in the beginning, to be able to spend time with people you're already kind of leveled with because you know the organization itself. So when people want to volunteer with an organization or be a part of something, you know, a lot of times we're either born into our friends and family or we find them through school or we marry into things. But this is something, and that's why I don't even exaggerate, and I do a lot of in life, but this is a moment I don't, is that this really these people are my family. And they really are who I count on to when I have breaks from my Girls Rock family. It ain't good, okay? <laughs> like, I need my time with my people. And um, and so it really is something that will change your life as a, an adult, too. It's not just for the children. This is community that we're there for each other. And I would like to address that we are not the only people involved God. with Girls Rock. <laughs> there is a lot. And we're all volunteer-based. There's some people here that have done stuff with okay. Girls Rock. Uh-huh, so. Uh-huh. If you've been a part of Girls Rock in some way, how, how many of you are here that you have been a part of Girls Phil, come on. Because we even love our men, by the way, okay? Everyone wants to say, like, <laughs> what, men haters? No, we love our dudes. <laughs> Just stay out of our way. They help so, us move a lot um, of gear, though. We love when our men stay out of our way. That's what we love. I'm just kidding. No, that <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Thanks for asking. Does anybody want to hear my share impression before we? Yes. <laughs> if I could turn back time. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> sticking with some share. Everyone. I just want to finish up by thanking Virginia Avenue Music 
festival. Yes, thank you. I have been here every night since Wednesday. I've seen some great panels. I've seen some amazing bands. Uh, there's so much representation, and, and it's obviously very intentional from the part of the organizers. There's a lot of women. There's a lot of people of color. There's diverse um, genres, and uh, it's been uh, such a cool festival, and, and thanks to founders for um, supporting us financially. And, and thanks for inviting us up here to talk about yeah, the stuff you. that thank we love. I think it's really important to get this conversation started. And thank you, Jeff, for having us up here and starting that conversation. It's something that, you know, I, I think that we should all be able to talk about, you know, not just right here, but afterwards and at shows. And, you know, it's, it's part of being in a community so let's talk about it and let's do something about it and if anybody ever has ways that we can better the community that's all we want to do you know we we just want to help people and make it a little bit easier so and we're all volunteers we all have lives we're all musicians and you know we all do things but I know I mean from the day I started with Girls Rock it was the most important thing you know so we all just want to make indie better Thank you, ladies. Um, so definitely, if you are interested um, in getting involved, see any of these ladies, go to girlsrockindy.org, and they are also on Facebook, Girls Rock Indianapolis. So, And if you Thank have you. suggestions for areas that we need to be getting involved in, we've just started some after-school programming at the Julian Center, which is a domestic violence shelter. We're planning to be starting some after-school programming at Coburn Place, which is a homeless and domestic violence shelter. So we're trying to get into places that need us more and more, and we need people power to do that. So join up, join forces with us, or make some suggestions, and thanks again for coming. Or just give us money. <laughs> yeah, that too. Lots of ways to get involved. <laughs> Shit.